good morning again to you. Again, if it's your first time with us, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you gathered with us online. We're beginning a new series. We've just finished uh, 40 Days of Prayer, a series on prayer, and uh, then we had Easter. And we're beginning a new series for, for a few weeks, just going to spend several weeks uh, walking through uh, several chapters in 1 Corinthians, and we'll probably dip in and out of some other places as well, uh, looking at spiritual gifts. And uh, the context of 1 Corinthians is that Paul, uh, alongside his team, uh, started a church in the, in the city of Corinth, and then he'd moved on elsewhere and, was, and had written them a letter, and then they had replied to him and asked some questions. And uh, Paul was writing in response to some issues that had arisen in the church and some questions that they had asked him as the, um, the one who was inputting into them, the apostolic uh, person who had sort of fathered their church and then was sort of helping them to, to raise leaders and uh, extend their gospel advance, a gospel sort of... Uh, ability he was inputting to them as a church and so some questions came up and they asked him and if you look through 1 Corinthians if you are interested in this kind of thing you can see repeatedly uh, the phrase now concerning and that's when Paul is writing a response to their questions he says now concerning and then he goes on to explain his response to their question and so this morning what we're going to do is we're going to look at a few verses that kind of top and tail some of Paul's teaching on spiritual gifts to this church. Uh, and so we're in 1 Corinthians and chapters 12, and then we're going to jump a, sort of a bit further on to the end of chapter 14. Uh, and so Paul begins this by, begins his sort of uh, explanation or his uh, response to them by saying, Now concerning spiritual gifts, Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. That's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Why does Paul say this to them? Well, as I said, it's an issue that needs addressing. They've asked him a question. They are asking about spiritual gifts. We're not quite sure what questions they've asked. We can infer some stuff from Paul's responses. But we do know that there's an issue there in that church of some gifts being elevated as like, this is the top gift to have. And if you haven't got this gift, then you're a nobody. That kind of attitude. But I think it's important what Paul says at the end of this sentence, this introductory statement Concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. Your Bible, your version may say ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. Ignorance is an option then about spiritual gifts. We are able to be ignorant about how they function, what they are, how they should be used in an orderly and structured fashion. Ignorance is an option, and Paul does not want the Corinthians to be ignorant. Now, if you are familiar with the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, as Hannah was sharing earlier about this, this image of a broken person, and actually God being able to use them, the light of God, the light of the Spirit, being able to reflect off of them, perhaps it, in some ways in a more effective fashion 
than, or at least in a different fashion than uh, someone who is put together, if any of us can claim to be put together, then uh, good for you. Uh, I'm sure there are a few uh, chips and cracks in my life that need to be sorted out. But when you look at the book of the letter to the Corinthians, the two letters, you see a church that is full of broken people. And yet Paul commends them and is thankful for them and says, you know, you're, you're great at this. You, you love this. And we're going to go on to read. It says you're eager for manifestations of the spirit. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. That there's lots of gifting available within the church. But they're broken people. And so because we are broken people, we don't we need to make sure that we're not ignorant, we're not uninformed, that actually we have put the effort in to inform ourselves, rediscover what the Bible says. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to spend some time doing that because we've had to learn something which is difficult. How do spiritual gifts operate in a global pandemic? How does the gift of prophecy operate in a global pandemic? Where How does the, the gift of tongues and interpretation and, and healing operate when you're not physically in the same place? How does that work? These are interesting questions. And soon we will be gathered together again, counting down the days. I cannot wait to be together again. When we come together, how do spiritual gifts work? How are they meant to work? How are they meant to be used and made the most of to display the glory of God? So we're going to spend a few weeks hopefully removing some ignorance that we have and informing ourselves about spiritual gifts. Because we are to be informed and invested Paul goes on to say, as I said, at the end of, or near the end of chapter 14, chapter 14, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians. So with yourselves, since you are eager for the manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. I just realized I haven't been clicking any of these on, so you haven't, they haven't been coming up on the screen, which is unhelpful for you. But is that working? It's not. Um, there we go. Here's a few verses from 1 Corinthians 14, but it's this first verse that I wanted to particularly highlight. So with yourselves, since you are eager for the manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. He goes on to say, What then, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a, a tongue, or a word in another language, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. So, my brothers and sisters, earnestly desire to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues or languages, but all things should be done decently and in order. So we can see from what Paul is saying here that the, there's a focus to spiritual gifts for building up the church. We can read into this that things can be done decently and in order. And that doesn't mean, you know, you sort of take your ticket and you get a chance to to. Okay, number 57, your turn to prophesy. It's, it's, I don't think that's what he means. 
but he means that we shouldn't be out of control. We shouldn't be, someone else is, is praying out loud and we just, I'm going to jump in and take over because I, what I've got to say is a more powerful revelation from God. I think there's two things at the end there that we can sort of see a, a contrast of maybe we're not in the stage where people are diving over each other to prophesy and share a tongue and an interpretation. But actually, I think because sometimes it can be hard work to manage those things when there is the problems of life, people can go the other way and say, oh, okay, well, let's just not bother. Let's just say we're not going to have that now. That's, we'll just, that's for over there and that's for then and we'll, we'll sort of deal with that in a different way. And so don't forbid the speaking, don't forbid speaking in tongues. All things should be done decently and in order. So the question this morning is, are we eager for manifestations of the Spirit? Because if we are, Paul's encouragement to us is to strive to excel in building the church, building up the church. Two strong words there, strive to excel. So not just strive to build up the church, but strive to excel at building up the church. Work hard to be excellent at building up the church. And if we do that, God will graciously bless us as a church family with demonstrations of the Spirit's power. So this is a challenge over the next few weeks to be informed and reinvested as we look at spiritual gifts, what are spiritual gifts? This isn't, I'm, not, I'm going to have to point to you to click on, I think. So what are spiritual gifts? Well, lists of spiritual gifts occur in a few places in the Bible, and they're a bit of a, a strange mix, some of them. Um, there seems to be just some stuff that we would think, oh, maybe that's just like a normal skill that someone has. Or people can train and develop in that, or you, maybe you've got a natural flair for that thing. Is that what we mean by spiritual gifts? And then on the same list, there's other stuff that's like completely beyond human capability. Laying hands on someone and seeing them healed is not something that just can happen. You know, people, uh, the benefits of human contact and hugs and those kinds of things have been widely reported over the last year where those things have been very limited and the, the detriment of not having those things, what that causes. But we're talking about someone who is supernaturally healed of a, a sickness or a condition. That's not something that is within the human realms of capability. But then there are other things like Words of wisdom. You can train yourself to be wise. You can grow in knowledge. You can develop administrative skills. So how does this work? Well, I want to offer this as a kind of definition that I've read of spiritual gifts. Oh, 
Oh, it did work there. There you go. You're off the hook, George. Spiritual gifts are the direct supernatural action of the Holy Spirit through an individual or the extension of a natural ability to a supernatural level through divine enablement. So it's a, possibly, there's two aspects to it, a direct action of the Holy Spirit, a direct supernatural act of the Holy Spirit. If we see here uh, Peter and John in Acts uh, 3, verse 1 to 10, it says this, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth, a man who was unable to walk, was being carried from whom and whom they laid daily at the gate temple of the temple that is called Beautiful to ask alms of people entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive from them. Peter directed his gaze at him and said, look at us. The man fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up, he stood and began to walk and enter the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for money. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, I don't know if you've ever attempted this. I have not. But to see someone who is uh, unable to walk and to say to them, take my hand, you're going to walk now, and then pull them out of their wheelchair or pull them up off of the floor. If you haven't been instructed to do that by God, if, you haven't, if you're not expecting them to be miraculously healed, that is a completely bizarre thing to do. Direct supernatural action of the Holy Spirit. Nothing in grabbing someone's hand and pulling them up is going to heal someone who's been lame from birth. The other thing is the extension of a natural ability. We go back to Exodus uh, 35 when they're preparing to build the tabernacle or make the tabernacle. This is... uh, What's being said in Exodus 35, Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood for every work in skilled craft. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Aholiab, the son of Ashimach, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do every sort of work by an engraver or by a designer or by an embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen or by a weaver or by any sort of workman or skilled designer. I don't know if you are a skilled craftsperson whether that be, you know, cross-stitch or carpentry. But imagine, imagine for a second that you are filled with the Spirit of God and enabled to do any sort of work 
or skilled design work. Just the, the knowledge and the skill and the ability to do it. This is the list. It says, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship. I don't know what you're like. I, I am a... <laughs> attempt to do some woodwork every now and again I made a you know we had a hedgehog in the garden a few nights ago and so we the girls were keen to to make a hedgehog house so we did that and it it came out quite well in the end um but there were moments even as I'm doing that something quite basic basically it's a box with a hole in the side and a smaller box next to it it's like oh I should have I should have thought of that before oh I didn't didn't realise that if I did that, it was going to cause that problem. But you can learn those things. You can learn those things. And my ability in terms of woodcraft has improved as I've had to do stuff. But this is not talking about someone who spent their life developing skill. It's saying the Spirit of God He's been filled with the Spirit of God and therefore can do all of these things to a supernatural level. So spiritual gifts, there are lists in the, in the Bible. I'm not going to actually read any of those lists this morning, but I don't think they're exhaustive lists. They're not exhaustive lists. Exhaustive lists. But what are they for? So spiritual gifts are the direct supernatural action of the Holy Spirit or they're an extension of a natural ability to a supernatural level. But for what purpose? I think they're for building up the church through encouragement and training. Therefore, building up ourselves in the faith Therefore, advancing the kingdom of God by accompanying and confirming the message of the gospel. Therefore, building up the church through encouragement and training. Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 13 says this. He, Jesus, gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the me- measure of, stature, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers are gifts from Christ to the church, supernatural gifts, Holy Spirit-enabled gifts for the building up of the church for the training and equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And again, in that Exodus passage that we read, 35 verse 34, it says of the the individuals that were filled with the Spirit of God, it says not just that they were able to do it, but they were inspired to teach. Inspired to teach. They were enabled to teach others to, to do some of the work as well. And that should be a key marker of a, of a spiritual gift of actually of Christians in general. We've said this many times in many different contexts, but the idea of actually it's not just about you growing in your gift, but, but 
getting someone alongside you, recognizing in someone else you've got a, a similar gift or you've got a leadership ability, you've got uh, you know, a, 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 a gift in this area. Come alongside me as I do this. Let's do it together. You, we can learn from one another and let me invest in you and teach you so that you might be able to teach others. Building yourself up in the faith. Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, that one who speaks in a tongue or speaks in another language builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Again, there's prophecy building up the church, but there is an element where if you've got the gift of tongues, we call it tongues, the word is languages, but tongues, I think, has some slightly odd connotations sometimes. That's why I say languages as well. But if you've got the gift of speaking in tongues, you can, you can do that to build yourself up, to bring encouragement to yourself. How does that work? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. The Bible says it does it, and it does. Advancing the kingdom of God by accompanying and confirming the message of the gospel. If we go back to Acts 3, carrying on the story from earlier where Peter and John see the lame man healed. As they go into the temple, it says that everyone was amazed. And then carrying on in verse 11, it says this, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico, portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate. And when he had decided to release him, but you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and by his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did you also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out." Here is a miraculous occurrence. A man is healed, lame from birth. He's healed. And all those who knew him were astonished. And they ran. What is going on here? This is the guy. This is the guy who I've given him money. Has he been scamming me this whole time? No, I've seen him. I've seen him there every day. He doesn't make enough. He's, 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 you know, he's not generating enough income for this to be some sort of grifting scam artist. He was lame. I grew up on the same street as him. I know him. I remember the difficulty of him growing up. These are people who knew him. They see his healed and they turn to Peter and John. What do Peter and John do? Do they set up a traveling international healing ministry? Well, they do kind of. Um, but actually they say no don't look at us what are you looking at us for it's not my grabbing of his hand didn't heal him it's the power of God and he shares the gospel with them he says 
Jesus, you know, the Jesus that you cheered as he was being crucified. He was the son of God. He was the author of life. Repent and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Spiritual gifts often open up an opportunity to share the gospel. That's why often you will see traveling, you know, people who are evangelists will come and they will have a healing gift or they'll have someone with them who's got a healing gift. Because spiritual gifts often accompany and confirm the message of the gospel. I've seen this done both ways where someone has preached the gospel and said, and so you know this is, this is real, God is going to heal some people. And then I've seen people who say, right, God's going to heal some people and then I'm going to tell you the gospel. I've seen, I've seen it done and it's amazing. It's amazing when the gifts of the Spirit are used in these ways, when they're used to build up the church through encouragement and training, when individuals are released to use their gift to bless the church, not to get attention for themselves, but actually to go, Here's a, this, I want to bless the church in this way. And I'm going to train others to do the same. When spiritual gifts are used to stir ourselves up, build ourselves up. Actually, that's not a bad thing. You can't pour from an empty cup. We need to be spending time with God, we need to be encouraged ourselves. I think uh, 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 often I think of um, when people are rece- you know, receiving prophetic words or things. Sometimes I've said to someone, you know, I think that's just for you. That's a, that's a wonderful word from God, but I think it's just for you. I think that God wants to encourage you with that. And, you know, it may benefit some other people, but primarily that's an encouragement to you. And they advance the kingdom of God by accompanying and confirming the message of the gospel. This is an amazing list. We should want these things. We should want to see spiritual gifts. We want to see the manifestations of the spirit, as Paul says. And so therefore we should strive to excel in building up the church. If we really want to see that, if we want to see people healed and then a crowd of people saying, this is amazing what happened. And the opportunity to say, well, you know what? Jesus happened and share the gospel with them. How do we get to that point? I think there's two, at least two ways that we get there. The first is that we ask. Maybe the battery needs changing. Um, ask, we ask. Luke 11 verses 9 to 13, Jesus says this, And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the, the, to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We need to be asking. Paul at the end of uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 
in those verses 39 and 40 says, Brothers and sisters, earnestly desire to prophesy. Chapter 14 talks about desiring spiritual gifts. Desire the gifts. I think that's important. I think it's, we need to remember to seek the giver and not just the gift. We need to seek relationship with God. We want, we want closer communion with God. We want to know him more, being more in step with his will so that we can move in the gifts as he enables. So we need to ask. We need to be asking, first of all, first and foremost, I'd potentially say. And then we need to work hard to build up the church. Strive to excel in building up the church. If you're eager for manifestations of the Spirit, if you're eager to grow in your gift that you know that you've got or that God has given you, I want to I prophesy more. Are you working hard to excel at building up the church? If you know I've got, you know, I'm, I've, God's given me this ability to just share the gospel with people. Some people say they're embarrassed to do that or they, they don't know what to say. I just find myself doing it all the time. Strive to excel in building up the church to see manifestations of the spirit accompanying that. There's a little test you can do on yourself. Is what I'm doing, saying, thinking, being of benefit to the church body? Is it encouraging or promoting healthy attitudes and behaviours? Does it reflect and point to me? Or does it point myself and others towards Jesus? Does it reflect and point me and others towards Jesus or myself? If what you're doing, saying, thinking is building up and encouraging the church, if it's being of benefit to the body, carry on. If you think, well, I'm not sure, well, that's at least a moment to pause. If you think, actually, it's not, it's not of benefit, then maybe, maybe you could stop. Is it encouraging and promoting healthy attitudes and behaviours? Yes, carry on. No, stop. Does it reflect and point me and others towards Jesus? Yes, carry on. No, stop. There are a few ways that we can respond to this this morning. We can ask for more of the Holy Spirit. We can ask for specific gifting. We can ask for where to start working. We can ask God to give us direction on where we can begin to strive and excel in building up the church. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go into, uh, there's an opportunity for breakout rooms. I'm going to pray for us in a moment. But we're going to, there's going to be an opportunity for you to respond. If you want to say, I want to be filled with the Spirit, maybe for the first time. I want to experience that, that encounter with God. 
Or maybe you think, actually, I know I'm just, it's been a long time since I've asked for a, a fresh, a fresh filling. I want more of the spirit in my life. Then you can type prayer into the, the chat window, message uh, Christ first in Zoom. If you know that you have a specific gift and you think, I want to grow in that, or you think, I'd love to, to develop this gifting, then you can also type prayer in the chat window. The, the prayer rooms are just going to be just pray for any of these things. Or you can ask, God, I want you to just show me where can I strive to excel in building up the church? Where can I put my efforts to benefiting the church? It's been a strange year. It's probably one of the understatements of the year that people continually say. We're, it's, that's probably replaced. We're in unprecedented times. It's been a strange year. Soon we will be back together gathering. At the moment, we've, um, in terms of serving the church, opportunities to serve the church, they're, they're to some degree slightly limited. In terms of a Sunday morning, at least, We've got one person uh, managing multiple screens and various aspects of technology. We've got something creaking over here. Um, we've, we have you know, a small group of t people worship, leading worship. Hannah on her own this morning. Sammy and some others are, are, are doing some stuff for Impact and Crash combined on Zoom at the moment. There are opportunities where actually we need to we we'll need to get back into the habits of serving one another. So I don't want this to be a shock to us when June or whenever it is rolls around and there's the request in advance of that. It's the first Sunday back. Do you fancy being on, you know, the tea and coffee rotor? Oh, I don't want to be on that on the first Sunday back. If we're eager for manifestations of the Spirit. We should strive to excel in building up the church. We should be, you know, there should be a fight to see who gets to put the chairs out. I want to serve my brothers and sisters. I'm going to pray for us and then there'll be an opportunity to go into breakout rooms. Father, I thank you that we can be informed about spiritual gifts we don't have to live in ignorance we don't have to live in an uninformed state but actually through your word you have spoken to us you have revealed to us all that is useful for training and building up and disciplining ourselves so that things can be done for your glory for the good of the church in a decent and orderly fashion I pray these next few weeks would be beneficial to us as a church family, that we would, we would be encouraged to learn as much as we can. We would be encouraged to invest ourselves as much as we can in serving you and your body. And I pray this morning that we would each experience a, a fresh encounter with you, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, a fresh uh, moment of empowering that we might be your witnesses in whatever context you have placed us. I pray, Lord, that you would release specific gifts in people that we, as we're going to look at next week, are the body that has many gifts, 
one body but a variety of gifts, that we would have the full complement, Lord. Release specific giftings in people and be clear with them. And for those who, who don't know what their gift is or where they're called to serve, that you would uh, motivate them to try different things, to explore the different avenues that you have for them. And that we would all be stirred and encouraged and provoked to strive, to work hard, to give our best efforts to, to doing the very best we can for our brothers and sisters in the church family. That we would be as, as healthy and effective as we possibly can be as a church.